this is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about something that I don't really see a lot of other resellers talking about too much, but uh, we did see one of our friends talking about this on his stories. It was Matt Bilo Sal Hines. He kind of dove in a little bit and how this whole idea uh, applies to him and his business. So what this is, is what is your time worth as a reseller? How do you know what your time is worth? How do you calculate it? All of the things. So let's dive in. So this is definitely something that I've noticed in the reselling community over the years. Um, like I said, not many people talk about it too much, but you know, we need to determine how much your time is worth, what its value is as a reseller specifically. It's one thing to be, you know, flipping items here and there as a hobby, but once you start to get more serious and you want to make a business out of it you want to become full-time, this is something that is very important to figure out. And, you know, if that's the case, if that sounds like you, then this episode is definitely going to be something that you want to listen to. So, you know, we hear a lot, a, a lot of people talk about how they're, you know, they're quitting because they're not making any money, they're not making enough money, and they feel like they're working their butts off and reselling. Maybe they also have a nine to five, but they just don't feel like it's worth their time anymore. And they're not, they're not going anywhere. So one of the, the main perks about having your own business or creating your own business is that we, you know, we're looking for more time freedom, right? Like that's one of the main reasons I feel like why a lot of people start a business or start getting into reselling. They want more time to do the things that they want to do. Otherwise, you know, why not just work for, why not just work for someone else that's going to, you know, take care of you, pay you, give you benefits and all the good things. Let's talk about the last um, dealership that I worked for. It was a, a company that had three stores. It was a Toyota, um, an Audi and a BMW store. So I work for all three on different days of the week. And in my position within that, you know, dealership, I was paid $20 an hour for my job plus commission on car deals that I helped to close. So that being said, I was working about 55 hours every single week. It was never less than 45 and usually upwards of 60 during like end of the month craziness. Because that's when all, you know, all the action happens and all the cars are getting delivered and all, you know, the sales are happening and it's just, it's chaotic. It's exciting, but you are expected to be there. So when I first, you know, got into reselling and I started to realize that, you know, I, I remember this very clearly. I was sitting in the conference room of the Audi dealership and it was all glass walls except for one wall. Um, and the, the woman who was my, my, boss like she was the president of the company she her office was not that far it was like kind of across the hall and her walls were pretty much all glass too and i'm sitting there looking at my laptop and i can see her like over my laptop and she's working away working away but you know you can't really you can't not do your job because the president of the company is like right there right and so i'm thinking and i'm like i could be making a lot more than 20 dollars an hour right now if i was home 
I was making tons of phone calls every day. And it was like, you know, middle of the day. It's like afternoon, normal work hours. No one's home. No one's answering. No one's picking up and no one's calling me back. Um, No one answers their phone anymore, right? Like they're all, everything's through texting and some email here and there. So I wasn't really speaking to anyone. I was bored. I was frustrated. I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. Uh, the people who had developed the system, like the protocol that I was supposed to follow, wasn't re- they weren't really listening to the ideas that I had about implementing other ways of getting to talk to these people. So it was just it was a frustrating experience. And all I could think about is if I could go home and if I could photograph items and list them and do my thing on Poshmark, I could be making a lot more money right now. Plus, I'd be home like with my dog, you know. This whole thing started to change the way that I thought about my worth and if certain things were worth me taking on, spending my time doing um, or not, and not just in business, but also in life in general. So for the sake of this episode, let's say that I value my time at $50 an hour. If I value my time at $50 an hour, Is it going to be worth my time to pick up an item that I will make a profit of $15 on? So we're going to break it down. Let's say it takes me five hours, five hours. Let's say it takes me five minutes to prep the item, five minutes to photograph and five minutes to list this, whatever the item is. So that's 15 minutes. And that doesn't take into account the time that it took me to source it, to drive to the place where I was sourcing it. Um, It doesn't take into account any of that. We're just going to try to keep it really simple for now. If I value my time at $50 an hour, that breaks down to 83 cents per minute. If a $15 profit item takes me 15 minutes to publish to get out onto whatever platform I'm selling it on, if you break it down and do the math, so 83 cents times 15 minutes, that's $12.45. So I'm undervaluing myself with this item pretty significantly, actually. So if you use the same line of thinking when it comes to other tasks in your business as well, like, you know, my all-time favorite, I talk about this all the time, but sharing your items on Poshmark, I'm sure that's a big surprise to those of you who listen to all of our episodes. But if you spend, you know, let's say you spend an hour a day sharing your items, is that going to be, if you value your time as much, you know, the same dollar amount that I do, $50 an hour, are you going to profit $50? by sharing your items for one hour a day? Or is your time better spent doing something else that will result in you making more money? So you can find a sharing service for way less than $50 an hour. It'll be less than $50 a month, you know, and they can do that task for you and take it off your plate. And then you can spend that time doing things that are going to make you, you know, that are worth your your time. So sourcing, maybe it's listing, um, finding different sources for your inventory, learning about your platform, whatever it is, but however you value your time and the tasks that you need to do for your business. But I guarantee you that sourcing your, if no, I guarantee you, if you are sharing your items manually on Poshmark one by one, and you, you guys, most of you know that this is a big hot button for me, that you are undervaluing yourself and your time. And it is a waste of your time. It is one of the tasks that needs to be done if you value your time, it's very likely that you're you're undervaluing yourself if you're sharing your items by hand on Poshmark every single day. 
So again, I think it's really important to keep this whole idea as simple as you can. You need to decide what your time is worth and whichever way works best for you. Um, there's, you know, mathematical ways of calculating this. Um, but, you know, the way that I've kind of figured out what works best for me is based on my, you know, past experience, how how fast I know I can source items, the ability to source items, um, the the stores that I have around me to source items. If you have to travel an hour to get somewhere, that's going to, you know, to go sourcing that, you need to take that into account as well. If you have, uh, you know, a good number of places right around you within like a 15, 20 minute drive, that's, you know, it's not as big of a deal as say, if you have to drive an hour to get somewhere. Um, but like I said, taking your own personal factors into consideration when you're figuring this out, I think is important. I sort of just picked $50 an hour for myself because I know that I was worth more than $20 an hour. Um, and based on my, you know, like I said, my ability and past sales and past history and stuff like that, obviously, you know, this number can change. The better you get at sourcing, the better you get at selling your items. If you are cross-listing your items, um, or if you know your personal life changes, the dollar amount will obviously change, either go up or down. So when you start to think more in this way, what is your time worth? You start realizing where you're spending time that's not really adding any value to your business or even maybe your life. So one of the examples that kind of haunts me personally is how much time I spend on social media. Um, I'm not sure if Androids do this, but on iPhones, you get like a weekly screen time update and it tells you, it gives you a, a very realistic breakdown of how much time you're spending on your phone and in what categories. So social media, uh, music, video, stuff like that. So my social media time is way too much. And if I value my time at $50 an hour, even if I'm spending two hours on it every day, that's that's a lot of time and it's a lot of money. So I could I know I could be using that two hours to make more money than I am by fiddling around on social media, scrolling, doom scrolling, right? When you're just starting out, of course, this is like, you know, a little disclaimer, but also encouragement for you guys. If you're just starting out as a reseller, of course it might not be possible for you to hire out tasks or to outsource tasks or pay for software or sharing services or whatever. You just might not be at that point. You might not have the funds available. If you're anything like me and you're in kind of, you know, I was in sort of a desperate situation when I first started reselling. I needed money and I needed it fast. So I had to take on all of the roles myself. I had to do it. I had really no other choice. But what you should do is figure out where you're spending the most amount of your time, but making the least amount of money. So for me, that was sharing on Poshmark. I was spending hours a day sharing my items, trying to get them up to the top of the search and the search results, you know, um, it's, it's, again, it's something that needs to be done on Poshmark, but I realized that my time was better spent sourcing. I could make more money sourcing than I could by sharing my items. So that was the first thing that I outsourced in my business. I also think that this is a really important point to make, especially with resellers your time is worth something. Please do not set your worth at zero. It's worth something whether you believe it is or not. Um, and if you value your time at zero dollars, you're going to end up saying yes to everything. Um, when you become more picky, 
about what you spend your time doing, your self-worth will also increase as a result of that. You're never doing things for free. Keep this in mind. You're never doing things for free. You're always trading your time. You're never getting things for free. You're never getting free inventory. You're always trading your time in exchange for that free inventory. Whether you have to go pick it up, you're going to have to list it. Um, and I actually have a little story that that goes along with it. So during 2020, there was you know a couple posts that went around on social media. People had this strategy. They would post in their community groups on Facebook and on the app next door, asking for free you know donations of clothing and stuff like that. Um, and you know it it was kind of like an upfront thing. Like most people would say that they were resellers. This is how I run my business. Obviously, you know thrift stores are closed. I I have no way of getting inventory. A lot of people were cleaning out their closets. Marie Kondo was like really big around that time as well. Everyone was like reading the book. Um, so a lot of people were purging and a lot of the thrift stores were not accepting donations. So they had nowhere to nowhere to put this stuff. They were throwing it away. So instead of throwing it away, people would put up posts asking for donations. I did the same thing because all my thrift stores were closed and, uh, and I needed more stuff. So I had this one girl, her name is Jess. She reached out to me. She was a little bit younger than me, probably like four years younger than me. And she was just really cool. (laughs) She had the coolest wardrobe, the coolest clothes. And she's like, girl, I have bags of stuff that you can take. We're actually moving and I need to get this stuff out of my apartment. So I met up with her. She gave me, I think it was five or six garbage bags filled with like really cool, unique, different stuff. And I made a lot of money on the items that she gave to me. And she knew that I was going to resell them and she didn't care. She didn't have the time, the means or the desire to do it herself. She could have, of course, but she didn't want to. So that worked out really well for me in trading my time for these free items. On the flip side of that, last summer, I see a post and we were just getting ready to move into this house, right? Just getting ready to move. Um, and I see this post on Facebook marketplace for free items. I knew the area very well where the person was. It's a very, um, well to do area. So I thought to myself that this was going to be the jackpot of all jackpots, right? Like this lady lived in like a multi-million dollar home. This was going to be it for me. So I made arrangements with the woman that I spoke to on, on Facebook Marketplace. I went right there. I drove like an hour to get to this place. I pick them up. I talk to her. It turns out that it was her mother's house. She had passed away and they're cleaning it out. It's that mother had left them this house, right? And so they're trying to get all the, the stuff out that they're no longer going to need. And obviously her clothing was part of that. So she loaded up my car. I mean, it was <laughs> it was stuffed. I couldn't even see out my back window. That's how many garbage bags and bins of things I came home with. I was so excited. I couldn't wait. So I bring them you know, out of my car when I get home. I'm starting to tear through the bags. And it's like night shirts, sweatpants, some socks, a lot of like um, Kohl's brand clothing, uh, a lot of Walmart clothing. This woman did not spend her fortune on her clothing. That is for, well, maybe she did. And that's just not what they were giving away. I don't know. But I had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of items worth of clothing that I really couldn't do much of, not much with at all. And now I've not only spent an hour of my time driving there, an hour of my time driving back, 
I obviously went through everything trying to find that one diamond that would make it all worth my my time, right? I went through all the clothes. I found nothing, nothing to keep, nothing that was worth my time to list. So now I've spent all that time going through however many, you know, 100, 150, 200 items. But now I also have all this stuff that I need to get rid of. So she basically, you know, I picked it up for her and I'm disposing of it for her. She didn't know, you know what I mean? Like she didn't know. She thought that I would get some use out of it, but I didn't. So now it's on me. I have to do something with this stuff, especially so we're not moving it to the new house. I need to do it before we move. So it was just, you know, it doesn't always work out. And you have to take that into consideration. Every once in a while, it's worth the risk picking up, you know, bulk free things. But sometimes it's just not. And you, you know, there's other factors that go into this too. How much inventory you have at the time? Is it, is it worth the risk of you ending up with 200 items that you can't really do anything with? Is, are you going to, is, is that worth your time basically? Do you have any stories like that, Liz? Well, I was just going to say that that's kind of where Casey and I are, is we're, we're definitely valuing our time more, which is why we're not picking up those items that we know we're only going to profit a couple dollars on. And in the beginning, we had so much space because we lived in a five-bedroom house that I was willing to go to Dollar Day and pick up you know, whatever I could find. Like If I found something that I knew I could sell for spend a dollar and profit a dollar or two, I was willing to pick it up. But now it's like we have so many items right now still. I mean, we still can't eat at our dining room table. I don't know if that's ever going to change, but I'm just accepting it right now that we just aren't ever going to be able to use that. But I feel like you really do have to figure out what's going to work for you, especially some of you listeners where you have full-time jobs. Maybe you have a family. Like You can't just be getting free stuff and expect it to like make you any money. You need to value your time. And you need to be finding those items that are going to be a lot more profitable. I know there's some people that they're very high volume sellers, like they're okay with going to the bins and getting all this inventory and and they make a profit, but that's not everyone. You know, a lot of people have the full-time job and they have to balance reselling as well. I would much rather spend my time looking for the items that are going to profit more because in the end, then that's less time I'm listing, less items I have to list. And I'm going to be profiting more. So we had our friend, um, well, my cousin's husband, actually, he had a bunch of stuff that he bought from a liquidation pallet. And it was a bunch of things. And he's like, how about I give you, you, you know, everything that I bought on the liquidation pallet and then in exchange for 50% profit. But looking back, we didn't look at the items that were on there. Like we didn't do any sort of research. And sometimes I feel like you need to realize not everybody knows how to research items that are going to sell. So they might give you this opportunity, like 50% sounded great for you know all these items. And some of them were old Mac keyboards. There was a bunch of ink cartridges. In the end, we ended up giving it back to him because we're like, look, we don't have enough time to do it. And the ink that we were listing, they were, we were getting returns because people were saying that the ink wasn't working or whatever. Like it was expired and it was dried out and it just wasn't good. So we really realized then, like, don't always say yes to things. Like, it's okay to really take a step back and think, is this going to be a good deal for me and that person? Or if you do find that free inventory, is that going to be something that's going to be worth my time? 
All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that day check.